today on this uh, just before Christmas. When I was a kid, I mean, one of the things, if you're always a kid, I'm still a kid, it seems like, but everybody wants a white Christmas. Anybody else love just a white Christmas? Love that. My kids are always like, it never snows here at Christmas. It seemed like it used to. When I, is it just me or is it as we've gotten older, it doesn't snow as much? You know, I mean, for us that shovel, sometimes we're thankful. But on the other hand, you know, I still love the change of the seasons. I love Christmas. But, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, uh, Mary, you know, the more Mary, are, it's, it's like medicine, you know, laughter and merriness in your hearts. It's good as medicine. And, and so at this time of year, it's always Merry Christmas. And there are places that you really, they don't like you to say Merry Christmas because then you are insinuating the Christ in Christmas. So you have to say, happy holidays. Uh, so, we, you know, we, we just say Merry Christmas because we already know that's the reason we celebrate because Christ is in Christmas. But I wanted to give you just a few thoughts this morning. If we could be merrier, and, you know, that sounds kind of cliche because it is Merry Christmas, but just enjoy life more. And if, we, if I could give you some things that will help you grab onto that, so at least... And, and, and not making light if you're going through a lot of stuff, you know, and, and many of us have a lot of stuff. Some people are in a, in a mountaintop season and they're like, yeah, clang, clang, yeah. And others are down there like, swing low. And I get it. It's holidays. And sometimes they bring out all kinds of emotions, but just getting through them. Some of people are, I can't wait till it's over. You know, some of us like, we like Christmas almost all year long, but we have an opportunity, life is full of opportunities to make yourself merry or you can make yourself muddy. In other words, you can muddy up your holiday, you can muddy up your, yourself or we can make the best. Maybe some things aren't right. Remember we talked about just not long ago that you can't always choose what happens to you, but you can choose how you respond. You can choose how you go forward. And again, I'm not singing the same old song, but I'm singing the same old song. I'm just, I'm, I've not reinvented the wheel here. This is something God is saying. In this life, you will have tribulation. If somebody said, once you become a believer, it's all great. It's downhill from here. They lied to you. I mean, you still go through stuff. It rains on the just and the unjust. There's still issues, and I get it. So, but let's, it's our viewpoint. It's our perspective. Let's line that up with the word. Hopefully this isn't your house, but I thought you'd enjoy this. Twas the fight before Christmas. Twas the fight before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was peaceful, not even my spouse. It gets better. The bills were strung out on our table with dread in hopes that our checkbook would not be in the red. The children were fussy and throwing a fit when Billy came screaming and cried, I've been bit. And Mama with her skillet and I with the remote, she said, you change one more channel and I'll grab your throat. <laughs> well, on the TV there arose such a clatter, I sat up the couch to see what was the matter when what to my wondering eyes should appear, the cable was out. It was my worst fear. The Cowboys, the Celtics, the Raiders, the Knicks, without the sports channel, I'd soon need a fix. And then in the midst of my grievous sorrow, I remembered the times I'd promised tomorrow. Not now, my children, but at some soon time, Dad will play with you and things will be fine. Now, under conviction, I looked at my wife. Where was my kindness? Why all of this strife? My heart quickly softened. I now saw my task. Some love and attention was all they had asked. I gathered my family and called them by name and told them with God's help, I'd not be the same. We'll keep Christ in Christmas and honor his plan. No more fights before Christmas. On that we will stand. My children's eyes twinkled. They squealed with delight. My wife gladly nodded. She knew I was right. It was the fight before Christmas, but God's love had come through. And just like he does, he made all things new. That's pretty cute, isn't it? Came across that and I thought, man, and how many times? I mean, isn't that what happens in life? I mean, let's be honest. If you're ever going to fight with your spouse, it's going to be Sunday morning. Or before you go to church, or with your kids, or with your family. I mean, we tell our kids, that is the one day. Any other day, they could be up at the crack of dawn. On Sunday, it's like get a crowbar, and you got to pry those puppies out of bed. 
And you want to just tell your kids, come on, get up so you can go to church and learn about the love of Jesus. So you just, you know, it's just on Sunday, it's, it's stuff. But on holidays, it's kind of like that because emotions and some people are going through other things that you're not going through and we're not understanding or we don't know or, or whatever. And, you know, we're not mind readers and some people are happy and they're always happy and it makes you mad. And some people are sad, they're always sad and it makes you mad. It's part of what living is, but it's how we deal with it. There's a song, I don't know from what decade, but I'm going to say the 70s, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's the 60s. What do I know? I graduated. Never mind. <laughs> all you need is love. Bum, ba, ba, da, dum. How many remember that song? All you need is love. Love is all you need. You know, we know we need it, but we can't always get it. Sometimes we don't get understanding. We don't get I mean, there, there's people rushing around. You can open the door for them. Some don't even acknowledge it. You give, uh, you know, right now, traffic. You can always know it's getting close to the holiday because you can see the cars at Walmart are almost out to the road. I mean, the, the, the lot's full. Or you, you don't stay so close to the person in front of you because if they put on their brakes, you give them. And then somebody decides, hey, you got enough when they zip right in front of you. And you're like, that's wrong. But, you know, they do what they do. But we know we need more love. Listen to this. This is Marjorie Talcott. She was married, had one child during the Great Depression. The family managed to scrape their way through, but as Christmas approached one year, Marjorie and her husband were disappointed that they would not be able to buy any presents. A week before Christmas, they explained to their six-year-old son, Pete, they said there'd be no store-bought presents this Christmas. But I'll tell you what we can do, said Pete's father. We can make pictures of the presents we'd like to give each other. Now, and I get it, before I read on, we're like, if we were a kid, we'd be like, that's lame. <laughs> you know, we just had a 180 youth party. Near, there's like almost 25 students there. I got called out because I have a new grandbaby, so I had to go to the hospital. I didn't have the baby, just so that you know. Uh, but I uh, got a new grandbaby. So anyway, but they had a great time. And um, just amazing. And, you know, and I, I told the kids, we're going to do a gift exchange. This is the week before. One kid goes, okay. I said a $5 limit. And he goes, ah. Oh. Now, I don't know if the ah oh was because I wanted to buy something more for somebody else or that's it. I just, I was just like, kids are just amazing. Anyway, back to the story. So they tell Pete, no bought presents. So, um, they, they went to work. Christmas Day arrived, and the family rose to find their, their skimpy little tree made magnificent by picture presents they had adorned it with. There was a luxury beyond imagination in those pictures, a black limousine and a red speedboat for Dad, a diamond bracelet and a fur coat for Mom, a camping tent and a swimming pool for Pete. Then Pete pulled out his present, a crayon drawing of a man, a woman, and a child with their arms around each other laughing. Under the picture was just word, one word written in crayon, us. Years later, Marjorie writes that it was the richest, most satisfying Christmas they ever had. It took a presentless Christmas to remind Marjorie and her family that the greatest gift we can ever offer is ourselves. I mean, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, God, that's, that's it. And just think about this whole reason for God so loved the world that he gave. This is Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. He gave his son. That is the whole reason, really, for the season. But just the thought of just enjoying what God has put in your life. But the bottom line is love with Christ at the center. How do we walk in love? How do we treat other people? When you're around people, people don't always remember. Now, some people do. Some people take notes of things you say or things they don't like. You said this. And some people in my life have told me, this is what you said. Okay, I, I really don't remember saying that. Oh, you said it. Okay, I'm sorry. That's not what I, I, I didn't mean to, to offend you. Well, you did. Okay, I got that. That point is really clear. Not everybody does that. But what most people remember is not as much as what you said. It's how you made them feel. How you treated them. What they felt like when they were around you. Did they feel loved? I believe that how we treat people is one of the most important things to the Lord. 
The true riches of heaven are not money. It's people. That's why he came. That's why he died. For people. He is a relational God. So how much we love God is shown by how we treat other people. It affects anointing on our life. It affects how we do what we do. It's not just a minister. I mean, I might be a minister or a pastor or a reverend or whatever, but, you know, Rob's a plumber. He's a believer. I have people that are attorneys, so they're attorneys. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it. But, it, you know, we always, well, it's, it's, it's a, and he's a minister, too. He still puts his pants on like you do, one leg at a time. I mean, I've tried to jump in on both legs. It doesn't work well. But life is about sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. What we sow into other people's lives. We don't have to wonder about blessings if we start treating others the way God wants us. I mean, love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that not true? So why don't we start loving people? Now listen to this. Loving somebody doesn't mean you condone their lifestyle or the way they live if it's not biblical. But it still means you love them. It doesn't mean you say everything is right. I'm just going to let God deal with that. But I love the fact that if we do what we're supposed to do, then blessings follow us. I wasn't sure if I was going to deer hunt this year or not. Um, but I decided to. Pastor Gary said uh, I could come and hunt at his place. So I'm like, well, if pastor's asking, I'm going. So I said, all right, I'll do that. Because I've been, our house is for sale and I, we want to buy a house in the country. And I'm like, if I can get in that house in the country before deer season's over, I can hunt on my own land. So that's a big deal to me. It might not be a big deal to you, but I like that. But anyway, pastor said, nah, okay. So I show up and, uh, and he... Uh, He's got an amazing place. He's, you know, so open up my hood and he says, oh, that's your gun. I said, yeah. He said, man, that's an old one. I said, yeah, it was my dad's. He looked at it and he said, but it's pretty light. He said, you get deer with this? I said, I've got every deer with that except, except uh, a couple of times when I use something else. And, um, but yeah, all my deer got with that gun. Okay, so we talked. He told me where to go and all that. Bottom line is, I believe, I'm showing you how the kingdom worked. I told my wife, I said, here's what I want. Will you believe with me? Yes, we're in agreement. Took a seed, sowed it. She believed with me, sowed it, went. I got my deer. I got to, actually, I got to go back today because it's still out there in the thicket. I, I was by myself and it got dark and I didn't know where I was. <laughs> I'm like, this was now survival. <laughs> so I couldn't get the deer up and I was too far to drag and he was big and I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. So it was cold enough. So I just put angels around him and said, see ya. So anyway, I said all that just to say, I got back to my car, and Pastor had to go preach, and got opened my car door, and inside was a new gun in a case and a card saying, I understand having a gun for memories, but a man of your, your stature deserves the best. Merry Christmas, Pastor Gary. I'm just like... I mean, I didn't ask him for a gun. He asked me if I wanted to use one of his guns when, when I was heading out. And I said, no. He said, no, I, I mean, I got a scope and everything. I said, I, well, I know. Because number one, you ever have somebody that you're, you know, my best friend is Kim. But Gary's one of my best friends. I mean, but I don't want to do anything to hurt his, I mean, I don't want to drop it or, or anything. So, I mean, you know, so I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm good. No, you can use one. Oh, I know I can. I appreciate it. But, but I'm good. Okay. I, you know, so he asked me, can you hit with that? I said, yeah, I get all my deer with this, so I'm all right. So the, the rest is history. So in his mind, God is already saying, I want you to bless him. Now, I'm just, I'm saying all that just to say, when we start treating people, not, that doesn't mean, hey, I'm going to treat you nice because I'm hoping you're going to give me something. <laughs> I'll get better presents if I treat you good. Uh, no, but his, you know, my motivation wasn't that, neither is his. It was just genuine I love you, and if the Lord told him to do that, I mean, I'm, I've got two great guns now for deer hunting. I can still use my dad's. It wasn't really, it was a bird gun. I use it for deer. The gun doesn't know the difference. <laughs> so, uh, or now I have, he said, I got a real man's weapon now. So he, he texted me, I told him, I said, I love you, sir, thank you. But 
what happens to most of us is we major on minors. In other words, we, you know, we start majoring on stuff that really when it's all said and done, when it all comes out in the wash, is it really going to matter? Does it really matter if you get your last dig in? Make your last point, say your last thing? We need to enjoy the ride along the way. We need to enjoy this season. It's going to come whether you enjoy it or not. You might as well enjoy it. I'd like to spend my time here doing the things that God has given me a passion to on my way to getting there so I can do the things that I have a passion to. And in life, you have different seasons. Life's full of changes. My kids, we went from, you know, being parents. We, we didn't know. I mean, I don't know. When you have kids, you, you don't know everything you're going to do. Have you ever been spit up to and then shot out the diaper at the same time? You didn't, what do you do with that? There isn't a book for that. So you just you figure it out and you walk it out, you work it out, but you, you still enjoy the seasons. Okay. But what we do as a, as a people, sometimes when we don't recognize something, it's different than us. Because we can't explain it. We, sh- we shy away from it or, or we downplay it or we insult it or, or whatever. Tattoos or, or piercings or, you know, people would say, well, God doesn't like piercings. And then somebody else would say, uh, yeah, he got pierced for you. There is a scripture in the Bible that says God's got a tattoo of you on the palm of his hand. I don't have any problem with tattoos or piercings. You might be, but I don't have any problem with it. But what happens is, you know, we look at people different. And it depends on, you know, if they're completely covered or whatever, and then they look and go, what are you staring at? Well, I'm staring at you. I mean, that really happened to me. Remember when there was an Isley's here in Marion? I sat in Isley's and the guy walks in, he's got spiked purple hair and everything. He's got tattoos, he's got piercings. This is, this is BK before Kim. So this is over 35 years ago. And he walks in and I mean, I'm sitting up at the counter. And he walks in, I turn around, you know, you hear the door open, you naturally see who comes in. He walks in, he, he's just staring at me the whole time. So me being me, <laughs> this is before as a pastor. I'm staring right back at him. And he sits down right beside me and he looks at me and this is what he says. What are you looking at? And I said, I'm looking at you. And he, you know, he goes on to say, you don't need to be looking at me. I said, dude, you got purple hair. I'm just like, you don't want anybody to look at you. I mean, obviously, whatever is going on, that can be them. But what I'm saying is what we do in society today is we just, we don't understand it. Keep it away. Not everything you don't understand is bad. We think so many times generationally. Kim and Mallory went to Amish country one time, and a lady with, a, I think, a bun hair, no makeup, long dress, came up to Kim and Mal. I mean, and I mean, my wife has always been fine. I mean, you know. So I told her, I said, you, you arm candy, you all, wherever we walk, you hang on to my arm. I'm like, that's right. She's mine. That's right. So anyway, this lady walks up to, to Kim and Mal and says, are you saved? And Mal and Kim, now Mal's the worship leader. They both said, um, well, sure, yes, we are. She looks them up and down. They had holes in their jeans. Are you sure? You see, if they don't look like us, we just think. But my friends, today is a community that we're not all going to look alike. Aren't you glad God has variety? I mean, I, I wouldn't think she was, you know, who she is if she looked like me. Ooh. That's a word picture you don't need. <laughs> So we have to start bringing those walls down. Again, loving doesn't mean condoning. Loving is just, you know what? I don't have to agree with whatever you're doing, or you're, but, I, but I have to love you because that's my commandment. Time changes things, doesn't it? Things seem to come back around. Years ago, we mowed grass. We didn't smoke it. We drink Coke. We didn't snort it. If we had jeans with holes, that's how I got shorts. 
Every, that's how I, we never bought shorts. My mom never bought shorts. I wore my jeans out right here, shorts. If I wore them out in the crotch, we got them iron-on patches, didn't we? I'm like, Mom, can I take these off first? Just keeping you awake. What I'm telling you is things have changed. Now it's like if you got holes in your jeans, they're 100 bucks. I've seen people with more, there's more material in, I don't know, but not in their jeans. I'm like, why'd you even buy them? Or how about this? Shorts that come down here. Those aren't shorts. Those are stupid looking baggy pants. But they're like, they're shorts. Oh, I got these shorts. They're really good. They're comfortable. Of course, you can pull a Corvette up those babies. I mean, they're, they're just... They're just... <laughs> Jesus said, love them as I have loved you. Sometimes that's hard, though, isn't it? Being in a family today has its challenges. Over 40 years ago, we didn't have all the issues we have today with blended families and who gets who on what weekend and, and all of that tension. It didn't seem as prevalent. I'm sure there were those things, but it just didn't. The American family has changed. And so, you know, right or wrong... God has not changed. So we still have to love. Some, sometimes we have trouble with old memories or traditions because kids grow up and then they get married. And instead of just your house to go to, they have the spouse's house. And, and they're trying to work things out on both sides. And that gets kind of tough. Kim and I, I mean, we, it was a challenge. And, you know, we were always away in ministry, but we figured out ways to make it happen and do all that. And, and we did the best of our ability to, to meet both sides of the family. But it can get tiresome wearing you out you know there you leave one family and you're like i gotta drive and by the time we get home we pretty much just about collapse together but we want to be a difference maker isn't that what god wants for you if you want to marry yourself then god let me take your perspective and let me live my life on purpose in such a way that people say you know what i don't know what it is about you but something has changed I'm thankful that God's word never changes. God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Look at John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. That's our job. Do you know you are the light you're supposed to be the light. Doesn't mean that, you know, every life you put it out, depending on the seasons, it attracts bugs. Doesn't mean there's not going to be things that don't need zapped. I can't help it. But there's going to be times that you just have to say, you know what, God, I need to be the light here. I need to do what you want me to do. I need because... You could say we represent Christ, but check this out. This Christmas, you could represent Christ. You could do it in such a way that people could say, man, if you're normally contentious, you know what that is? You're just ready to argue. You're just ready to, oh, you say something wrong, I'll give it right back to you. What if this year you changed and you said something nice? I want to give you four thoughts on how to marry up your Christmas. Here's our first one. Don't be hard-hearted. Ask God to help you genuinely care for people. But Brett, I don't like how they do this. I'm not saying that you have to like everything they do. But could you care about their eternal soul? That, you don't have to lead them to Jesus. I mean, if you get the opportunity, that's great. But what if you were just kind? Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a work in progress. I'm so thankful for my wife because I just... I even told Pastor Gary last night, I, you know, we're texting. I had finally, I got my deer that I sewed for. And I told him, I said, dude, I'm entertainment for heaven. And he, 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 he texted me back and he said, God loves you, Pastor. And I said, I know he does and I'm glad to serve him. Could we get that in our heart to just say, you know what, God? For you. For the king. I'll do this for the king. This year when people are around your 
table maybe saying, hey, a toast for the king. I'll do it for the king. Become interested in other people and don't be so self-centered. Somebody asked Perla Mesta, the greatest Washington hostess since Dolly Madison, what was the secret to her success in getting so many rich and famous people to attend her parties? And she said, it's in the greeting and the goodbying. It's all in the goodbyes and the hellos. When people came, she said stuff like this. At last you're here. You're finally here. We've been waiting for you. And then the goodbyes. I, I wish you could stay. I'm so sorry to see you have to leave right now. Because people really don't care what you think till they think you care. When you really say, you know what? You are worth something to me. Years ago, I managed a fitness center. And <laughs> so in all of that, the, the, the company that I was working for had 21 spas, 21 fitness centers. And the spa that I took over was, it was generally every time, because I, I looked at all the tracker before I took it, 19 to 21. That was their ranking in the 21 spas. Sometimes they had 22, I think they were, but 21 normally when I first took it over. 19 to 21, they're in the bottom of the thing. With inside a year, we were in the top five. You know how we did it? I didn't know about Perla Mesta. But what I did know is I love people. So when people came in, and I'll just use, I'll use Gibby. Of course, he didn't go to the spa, and I didn't even know him then, but pretend we did. Okay, work with me. All right. <laughs> He'd come in, I'd say, Gibby, dude, so good to see you, man. You're going to kill it today? And of course, he would say, yes. See, there you go. <laughs> and so I would help him. Hey, man, and I'd come over and I'd talk to him. How's things going? Blah, 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 blah. And even if sometimes I couldn't talk to him long, but I wanted to value them. I didn't even know this principle. And then when Gibby would leave, again, he wasn't there, but we're pretending. I would say, hey, Gib, I'll see you Thursday, man. Don't, I'll be looking forward to it. And he'd be like, right on, word. <laughs> so he <laughs> can you see him doing that? <laughs> right on, word. <laughs> here comes our next thought see people need to know that you care that you value them here's number two notify your face can you let people know that you're alive and well and that you know if you, if you, you know, something's nice. Have you ever opened the door for someone and they don't even act like they care? Let them in traffic. They don't wave at you. Oh, just, I told you in another message. It's just like, oh, I just let you in. I deserve a thank you. Because if not, I'm going to ride your bumper. Probably not the best attitude. But just letting people know, hey, notify your face. They did studies on smiles. People that smile more, people are hanging around more. It's almost as if a string is attached to them and they're pulling them in. You know, being sad and frowny all the time, nobody wants to be around that. It doesn't, it doesn't do any good. It's, it's, like, it's like me winking at Kim in a dark room. She can't see it. It does no good. If you smile, notify your face, you know, and, and be kind. And say, you know, say something nice or just smile, letting them know. You know, I like telling people, especially if you think it's hectic for you to go to the holiday and, and you know, some of these stores, think about the people that are working there. I mean, really, there are people that are nice and there are people that are not so nice. Because they're, in, they're impatient. You know, somebody had, I'm, I just got groceries the other day. Um, I think Lynn, Lynn saw me in, in Walmart. But I got groceries, and the person in front of me had some issue with something. Uh, two people in front of me. And the person in front of me was like, oh, what good did that do? It made everybody look at this person like, okay, they're unhappy. And it made the people that are having the issue like, we're holding up everybody. Oh, my gosh. Now we feel like, hmm. You know what I wanted to do? I didn't want to say anything to the cashier or the people that are having the trouble. I wanted to go over to the person that went, oh, and go, oh, why don't you go to another line? 
But I gotta, I gotta be good. But it gives me great material for a message. Notify your face. I think Jesus smiled a lot because kids are amazing. Kids don't go up to anybody that looks like a frowny face, that is all like, they don't do that. I think Jesus had a great smile. I think he smiled. I think he gave kids noogies. I think he probably created the fist bump. Yeah, whoop. I mean, I really do because kids, they know people and they are genuine. So here's thought number three. Be others-minded. If you change the focus off you onto others. Now, I'm not saying you have to watch this show, but remember the show Cheers? Everybody knows your name. Just like at the spa. Gibby, good to see you. One of the best sounds a person wants to hear is their name. And you might say, well, that sounds selfish. But let me just say... Things that are, you can say my name, and I'll be like, oh, cool, they know my name. But if she says my name, I just like the way she says it. I like her tone. I like the way she sounds. But that's, it, that's, that should be that way. So that's all good. But people like to know they're valued. Now, there are people that take it really far. I had a guy that I knew, and he... He knew me as Pastor Brett, and every other word was Pastor It's good to see you, Pastor Brett. How are you doing, Pastor Brett? Good to have you here, Pastor Brett. Brett, Pastor Brett, Pastor Brett. I wanted to go, boy, quit saying my name. Because <laughs> pretty soon I knew what I was called. But just knowing that they're recognized, people know when they're valued or not. Listen to this. An old shoe cobbler who dreamed one Christmas Eve that Jesus would come to visit him. The next day, he, the dream was so real that he was convinced that it would come true. So the next morning, he got up. He decorated the shoe shop. He decorated the, the shop. He, he bought uh, bows and decorated everything, got it all ready for Jesus to come and visit. And he was so sure that he was going to come and visit, he sat down and he just waited for him. Hours passed and Jesus didn't come. But an old man came and he came in for a moment to get warm out of the winter cold. And as the cobbler talked to him, he noticed he had holes in his shoes. So he reached up on the shelf and he got him a new pair of shoes. He made sure they fit and the socks were dry and he sent him on his way. And still the cobbler waited. Jesus didn't come. An old woman came. She hadn't eaten for uh, two days. And so he visited with her a while and he prepared some food for her to eat. And he gave her the meal and sent her on her way. And he sat down to wait for Jesus. Jesus didn't come. He heard a little boy crying out in front of his shop, and he went out and talked to the boy and discovered the boy had been separated from his parents, and he didn't know how to get home. So the cobbler put on his coat, took the boy by the hand, and led him home. When he came back to the little shop, it was almost dark, and the streets were emptied of people. In that moment of despair, he lifted up his voice to heaven. He said, Lord, why didn't you come? And in the moment of silence, he heard a voice saying, O shoe cobbler, lift up your heart. I kept my word. Three times I knocked at your friendly door, and three times my shadow fell across your floor. I was the man with the bruised feet who needed shoes. I was the woman you gave food to, and I was the lost boy that you safely took home. Jesus had come, and the cobbler just hadn't realized it. How many times are we like that? We're asking for something, and maybe it's already happened, and God is using you. I got to deliver presents and all of that, and I, I love that. I, I love to see people get things. I've always loved to give good gifts. Not because it's just like, oh, look at the gift I gave you, but it's because that's what they wanted. Does that make sense to you? I'll give gifts, and kid will do the same. If I can find them on sale, awesome. That's better. If I can't, awesome. Okay. Because I just want to get the right gift that I felt the Lord wanted me to get. I want to be like reaching out and be the hands and feet. How many times have you really been Jesus? You probably didn't even realize it. And he's saying, I've used you. Don't you see? The time you opened up the door for the, the elderly woman that needed to get in. The time that you helped load the groceries. The time that you opened the door for just someone. The time that you did this or that. Whatever that is. That's Jesus. 
I'm still working on this. I want to be others-minded. I want them to know they count, they matter, they're important in my life. So you need to listen to your heart. What's on their mind and heart? What do they want to talk about when you're meeting with your family or friends this season? You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Could that mean that he wants us to listen twice as much as we talk? I'm still working on that because this is, my issue has been, and again, my wife helps me. Because I'm not all that in a bag of chips. Depends on the chips. But sometimes I, I have had the tendency in the past to interrupt people. Have you ever done that? Because I can't wait to say what I want to say because I think it's got importance. And I know what you're saying is important, but i got to say what i got to say. That's selfish. So i got to learn. Keep my mouth shut. Listen. Sometimes I ask questions, and if I listened, I would have already heard my answer. I didn't need to ask the question. Sometimes, you know, you want to help someone, but if you listen, they're going to tell you where they need it. We all need things like that. Listen with your heart. Talk about what they want to talk about. What are they passionate about? Great prime ministers, there were two of them in Great Britain's history, William Gladstone and Benjamin Disraeli. And it was said that they had a young lady that went with both of them on different nights in succession to dinner. And they asked her impression of the two men. She said, when I left the dining room after sitting with Mr. Gladstone, I thought he was the cleverest man in England. But after sitting next to Mr. Disraeli, I thought I was the cleverest woman in England. You see, there are people that will bring value to what you want to talk about. Because sometimes you just, you just need somebody that just will believe in you. That just wants to talk to you. There's a story of a young couple sat on the porch swing one warm June evening. The young wife looked over to her new husband and said, George... You think my eyes are beautiful? George looked at his new bride and said, Yep. A minute or so went by and she said, George, do you like my hair? Delayed response, Yep. George, would you say I have a gorgeous figure? George waited a second and then said, Yep. She said, oh, Georgie, you say the nicest things. George loves his bride for sure. But he hasn't learned how to talk to her. She had to say everything that she wanted to hear from him. I'll let that sink for just a second. If you've got to spend more time talking about yourself, guilty, let others talk about you in a good way. Try to not spend that time. Start talking about them. Man, you're great. I mean, if they're great and they did something, man, that was awesome how you did that. You know what? I, my, I had my granddaughter uh, on Thursday night. Um, AON, eight pounds, one ounce. And so PK and I rushed to St. Anne's in Columbus. And our, our 180 youth Christmas party was here. There's about 23 students, man. They're rocking this place out. And I, you know, it was, it was going to be a grand party because it was costume contest, giveaways, all kinds of stuff, you know, presents and whatnot. And, and so, but I couldn't be here because the baby was coming. But do you know the leadership of 180 never missed a hitch? I didn't have to be here. They were phenomenal. I saw some pictures you should get a hold of the usher, Scott. Let him show you pictures of John in his costume. And Devin was in a reindeer costume. <laughs> Rudolph with your nose so bright. That nose is like a laser sight. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. But they got all these costumes. And the kids had a great time. And, I mean, I missed it. But, you know, the fact was, I have great help. I didn't have to... I didn't worry about would it be handled right. These people love students. They love the church. They love students. They love each other. That's what we're talking about. That is, that is like one of the most incredible things. Relationship. 
Here's our last thought. I want you to be yourself. Don't be fake, but be yourself. You need to be you. Be who God made you to be. God has blessed me. I've had favor. And, I, you know, like I said, um, Pastor Gary's one of my best friends. He's my mentor and my pastor. He's the headship of this church, our overseer uh, of this church. And, um, you know, just an amazing man. But, you know, we were, I was under the assemblies of God before, ordained in that and all of that stuff, went and did all that. And uh, uh, we were five miles. I was in Pickerington. Kim and I pastored there. And uh, I was five miles from World Harvest, and God gave me favor, and I got to be friends with Pastor Parsley <laughs> at World Harvest. G- great guy. Um, very different from Pastor Gary, but still a great man. And, I mean, so much that um, he had people call and say, hey, Pastor wants to know if you want to go to a football game with him. I said, sure. They said, okay, well, he's going to fly there, so I need you to be at the airport at such and such a time. And I'm like, Okay. So, you know, I got to be on the plane with Pastor Rod, and that was, that was kind of nerve-wracking because, you know, I'm on, I'm on a plane, and it was pretty cool, and Mal was cheering, and their football team was really bad. But, you know, I was just like, thank you, because as you, as you start just loving people for being people, and who God doesn't, again, you're not condoning, you're loving, blessings follow you. And I, I think I shared that, did I share that Pastor Gary got me a gun? Okay, so see, again, blessing. I'm trying to remember two services, so couldn't remember. I knew I did first service. What I'm saying is all of those things, those are blessings. You know, to be able to go in part of my life to say, I did that for me. Might not be a big deal to you. It was a big deal to me. It was really cool. I was really nervous. You know, I mean, he's a national figure, and I'm sitting on his plane. He comes out, he's eating goldfish crackers and drinking Diet Coke. And he asked me, he goes, hey, do you, you want some crackers and a a coke and i said no no man i'm good you know i was starving i wanted goldfish crackers and a coke but you know what i thought i'd do i'd probably miss my mouth and pour all the pop on me and then i'd be like oh i wish i would have never did that okay i'm the only one in the room that ever feels that way i look you guys are all looking at me like a calf at a new gate I worked at Cedar Point two summers, and that literally is what happened. You know, there'd be a whole turnstile open, and everybody be in this line, and you'd be like, the other one's open, and they'd go. <laughs> I'd have to grab one by the hand, and people, oh, okay. <laughs> How many knows that if we started doing things God's way, we would get greater results? People can spot a, a fake a mile away, especially kids. Kids know, kids just believe because they just believe. They just, like I said, I believe Jesus smiled a lot because they'd never crawled up on his lap if he was nasty. My kids, we took him to Santa, and Zach was little. We put, Zach, go get up on Santa's lap. So Zach, he goes up, gets up on Santa's lap, and Santa goes, ho, 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 what's your name? Zachary, and Zachary's looking at him funny. He goes, what do you want for Christmas? Zach, Zach goes, your breast stinks. I want down. <laughs> and, and we're like, oh, boy. That was it. He didn't stay on Santa's lap because, man, evidently, he was like, oh, that's nasty. <laughs> Kids just tell you what they think. And understanding, sometimes when you're dealing with people at the holidays, you'll say something, but because, now listen, They're going through stuff that you're not going through. They could be more wounded. And so they hear it different than what you delivered it. You might have said it in the way that you know that you meant it. And it probably could have even been right. But because they are listening from a wounded mindset, they'll hear it different. And they process it different. Because they are processing from hurt. And so we have to be cautious of that. We have to say, Lord, just give me wisdom. Sometimes it, it might be best just to just put that smile on and say, man, it's so good to see you. You can do that. We have filters. Sometimes we don't use them. But we do have filters. Listen to what children hear. A lady was reading the story of Jesus' birth to her daycare children one morning. As usual, she stopped to see if they understood. 
What do we call the three wise men, she asked. The three maggots, replied a bright five-year-old. What gift did the magi bring, baby Jesus, she corrected. Gold, Frankensteins, and Smurfs, said the same five-year-old. Here's another child's viewpoint. Ten-year-old, who was becoming quite knowledgeable about the Bible because of her grandmother's teachings, asked her grandmother, which virgin was the mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin? <laughs> Being yourself works best. Just be who you're supposed to be. Just be you. And, and start saying, you know, you might do things different than I would do things. That's okay. But just ask God, God, how do I do this? How do you want me to do this? Pastor, you don't even know how dysfunctional, you know, my family is. I, you know, I, I don't. You don't know the hurtful things that have happened. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know who I lost. You don't know. No, I don't know. But I do know this. God is bigger than that. I know that God is bigger and stronger than that. In my weakness, he is strong. This is all about Christ in me, Christ through me. It is Jesus Christ, greater is he that's in me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. It is all about that relationship. God is relational. He is relation. It's not about what you do. It's about your who. I'm one of his. I have allegiance to him. He is my king. I want to enjoy the journey along the way. Maybe this won't be the best Christmas you've ever had. I, I don't know. Kim and I have been through some Christmases where we could say, probably not the best one. We had a, our first baby was a stillborn. Lost him November 26th. Had to go and buy a casket. Not a good day. But we're here today. I got four beautiful children past that. And he's still beautiful. And one day, he'll be one of the first people that greet me. I just wanted to, I bet he said, man, you guys got that righteous like a palm tree thing. I didn't get that. Because she did that to our kids every night. What I'm saying is, it rains on the just and the unjust. But you can make it. You can. With God, all things are possible. If you can cling to anything, maybe don't cling to the bad. Cling to what's good. Don't keep saying the bad. Don't rehearse all the stuff that's wrong. Start thinking and saying the things that are right. Brett, that means I'm in denial. No, denial is the river in Egypt. You're not in denial. You need to just say, God, you know what? I, I'm going to profess the positive. I'm going to look at what you have said to me. You know, Jesus said, in this life you'll have tribulation. If you read right after that, he's overcome all that. He's overcome all that. I say he's overcome that. Whatever you're going through, he's greater than that. He's bigger than that. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other sinking sand. If I could stand on anything, let's stand on what doesn't change. He's not fickle. He won't let you down. You know, sometimes life is stinky. Think about fertilizer. We use it for plants and vegetables. It's nasty. Somehow it brings good stuff out of nasty. <laughs> what the enemy meant for harm, God can use for good. Look at Genesis 50, 20 through 21. You intended to harm me. This is Joseph talking to his brothers. God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Don't be afraid. I'll continue to take care of you and your children. He assured them by speaking kindly to them. Character brings perspective. I'm sure Joseph would have wanted to say to his brothers, oh, you're going to rue the day. You should have never messed with me because now I'm in a position I could take care of you. And they knew that. But yet he's taking the perspective of God. What made him refrain? Character. I almost feel like the cowardly lion. Courage. <laughs> character. What made him? Character. 
Joseph had spent time with God, and he could get proper perspective because of God. You see, how we deal with things in life is going to tell us about our character, because crisis doesn't make character, it reveals it. The enemy's going to put things on you, try to do this or try to do that, and you will find out how far you've come. Character. It just reveals, didn't make, if the, if the water's leaking in the pipe, it just reveals where the leak is. So you got to fix it. Adversity is something that makes every person choose between character and compromise. You get to, you get to make choices. Life is full of that. Sometimes Maddie would say stuff like, there's just too many choices. You know, not in a bad way, but it's like everything looks good. Which one do I want the most on a menu? You ever been there? Oh, I want this. I, you know, certain places, Kim and I go, there's a couple things that I, I'll get this or this. Anytime I've got off of that, it's usually I, I compare everything with that one meal that you like the best. And then you're like, if it didn't meet that, you're like, ah, oh, Newman. I should have got what I, you know. But sometimes you'll find something, you'll be like, oh, that was good. That's kind of how I got to the two at one of these restaurants, because I tried something, and then I was like, that is so good. And Kim was like tasting that and going, ooh, that's good. You keep your own. Get your own. <laughs> the development of character is in the heart of our development as believers. When we are doing what God wants us to do and we are loving people, especially this time of year, because there are a lot of hurting people, it, it is our character. And people need to see the character of Christ in you and me. So to marry up your Christmas, make others smile when they see you coming, you don't want them to be like, oh, here they come, I'm out. You want them to be like, oh. Don't be hard-hearted. Notify your face. Be others-minded and be yourself. You do those things and you will begin to see things. Hopefully, oh, I know you will if, if we apply the principles of the kingdom. Let your family see you and just genuinely enjoy the good things about them well brother you don't know no i don't but you can find something good if nothing else god is good and let them see god in you would you bow your heads and close your eyes please father in the name of jesus i thank you for these wonderful people with every head